Hey girls, welcome to the Go Girl Podcast because women are powerful. I'm your host, Ashley Caprice. Each episode is about self-love, self-care, and self-discovery. Tune in for affirmations, motivation, girl talk, and girl power. Now let's get it started. Go girl. Welcome back to another episode of the Go Girl Podcast. Now today's episode is going to be pretty informative. You know, it's still Domestic Violence Awareness Month. And so this month we're talking mainly about relationships. And last week we talked about toxic traits and the misconception of narcissists, all with life coach Amy Fiedler. A lot of great feedback from the episode. And I even had to get some clarity about something she said because she mentioned that giving the silent treatment is actually abusive. And I saw a post later that day where another expert said, you know, giving a silent treatment to calm down and cool off is totally fine. But if it lasts for days, then that's toxic and abusive. So I asked Amy about it offline and she said, yes, that's true. But as long as you communicate to the person like, hey, I'm going to take some space and time right now to process my thoughts or I'm going to take a break and come back when we're both calm. That's communicating what you need and letting the person know that you'll be back but you will go silent for, you know, a little bit until you get your thoughts together. That's totally fine. But for it to go days and weeks is not okay. I actually want to get into that today because abuse isn't always physical. Physical abuse is completely obvious. It's if you're shoved, you're choked, you're strangled, you're hit, someone's throwing something at you, you're dragged across the room. Like these are stories that I've heard from women. And all of that is physically abusive. You might have scars and wounds on your body from being abused. So it's totally noticeable. Yet there could be scars and wounds in your mind from other types of abuse. So we're going to go through different types of abuse today. And this also stems from a conversation that I had with someone on social media. She reached out to me for some advice and my DMs are open if you'd like advice as well at Go Girl Movement on Instagram. And she was letting me know about same situation. Her boyfriend totally shuts down, gives a silent treatment, doesn't talk for days, and she feels like she's being punished. And I let her know, hey, that's emotional abuse. And she said, well, I don't want to leave this relationship. I just want to know some boundaries I could set with the person. At first, it broke my heart a little bit because that is one thing that happens with victims when you're in this relationship. A lot of times you think you could fix it and you don't want to leave. And people even ask, why don't you leave? Which is the worst question because it's like putting all of the blame on a victim rather than the abuser. It's like, well, no, why is he controlling me and not talking to me and abusing me? But anyway. She was not ready to leave this relationship. And so I shared with her a boundary, like, okay, well, mention to him, hey, I feel disrespected when I'm not heard, when I am interrupted, when I'm speaking, and I want us to be on the same page. Like, I love you. I want this to work. And how can we come to a better solution? And she said, oh my gosh, that's genius. You know, I said, don't attack the other person. Don't say, you never listen to me. You always do this or that. Because then that gets nowhere. The person just feels like they're the problem and feel like you're just pointing the finger at them. But 
I don't think she was aware that it was emotionally abusive. And I told her that this could become draining and exhausting for you. You're going to walk on eggshells because you're not going to know what to say or when they will flip and not talk to you based on something that you've said or done. And that's very unhealthy. But again, what I've learned through any relationship, you cannot tell someone when to let go of a relationship. You could try, you could give the advice all you want, but most likely they'll go back because that wasn't their decision at the time. Someone leaves a relationship when they're ready to leave the relationship, when they're ready to finally let go and say, hmm, this is no longer serving me or this isn't working for me or realize I'm losing myself in this relationship. I don't even recognize myself anymore. I need to leave for my own peace and sanity. But that is that person's decision. So I felt a little bad for her because also it felt like talking to my old version of myself. Now, I was in an emotionally abusive relationship before. I've been where she was. I've been the one walking on eggshells, scared to say anything because I didn't know how the person would react if they would go into a rage, if they would start yelling at me for absolutely no reason. I've been the one that wasn't honest with myself and wasn't speaking up for myself because I was scared of how the person would react. It never got physical, but I did think sometimes like, okay, if I say one more thing, I don't know how this person would flip out on me, right? But yeah, I was called out of my name. I was called a bitch. I was told that he hated me. He said I was dead to him. Just a lot of different things. But on the flip side, to win me back, it'll be like, oh, you're my queen and I love you and yada, yada, yada. And so it's a mind game. It's a push and pull. It's toxic and it's unhealthy. And it's definitely an emotional roller coaster. You'll have your highs, your high moments, and then the lows, which are very low, very damaging and can really affect you mentally. And you'll have those moments. But Then you get a peak of that high again. You're thinking, okay, everything is well again. But you're really starting to become a shell of yourself. You're there physically, but mentally you're starting to space out. You you don't know who you are anymore. You're not your same enthusiastic self. You're not saying what you truly want to say to the person. You're losing yourself. And that's emotionally abusive. It's also when they're constantly criticizing you. Oh, dated someone else who constantly criticized every single thing. And I'm like telling him, dude, you're so mean to me. I don't know why I like you. I had to sit with myself after that situation and realize if I'm telling someone you are so mean, I don't know why I like you. That's a problem. Not with him, with me. Why am I accepting behaviors from someone who I feel is so mean to me? Why am I around? Why, why am I allowing this person to be in my life if I think they are so mean and they're criticizing me and insulting me all of the time? And unfortunately, when people are very critical, sometimes they think they're helping you out, not knowing that that is emotionally abusive. And as much as you could say something, uh, constantly critiquing someone and telling them what they should do and how they should do it better and criticizing everything that they do, in the same breath, That person could say something nice and positive. And and if they find it so hard to just say something nice about you, but so easy to criticize you, that's not healthy. Emotional abuse is when someone's being super possessive. They want to know your every, they want to know your every move. I remember being out sometimes and my ex wanting 
me to FaceTime him everywhere I am and like needed proof of my whereabouts. It's exhausting and that's possessive. They also try to isolate you from friends and family. Notice how I'm saying none of this has been physical. This is all emotional. But they isolate you from friends and family. They might they might say it in a way where you think, oh, he wants all of my time. I love it. Not realizing, wow, I haven't hung out with my girls in a long time. I haven't seen my family in a long time. Oh, my goodness. When I'm talking to my family and friends on the phone, there he is right up under me. Monitoring everything I say. Emotionally abusive. Also, when they try to control what you wear, oh, that's too short, that's too tight, that's too revealing. Oh, that's too dark. <laughs> I've gotten told that before. Oh, so many dark clothes. Like, my goodness gracious. I don't like that nail polish you're wearing. Let's go change it. I like your hair better that way. <laughs> Excuse me. That's them trying to control the way you look. Gaslighting you, gaslighting is huge. That's where they make you feel like you're crazy. They might do something and you're letting them know how it made you feel and letting them know like, hey, what did you mean when you said you can't stand me the other day? Oh, I never said I couldn't stand you. I never said that. You, you, you're tripping. You're, you're making up things. I never said that. <laughs> it's like, no, you did. No, I never said that. So then you start going a little crazy like, wow, did he say that? Am I tripping? When you start asking, am I tripping? That's when they tripping for the most part. Another one I dealt with a lot in my past was, ooh, the accusations. Oh, my goodness. I was accused of cheating like every other day, at least once a week. It was like a big argument once or twice a week because I'm taking a nap, missed a call. Oh, I'm cheating. I'm driving, can't get to my phone. Oh, I'm cheating. Very, very exhausting. And these are all signs of emotional abuse. There's so much that go into that. Honestly, if you just don't feel good emotionally, if you feel drained, tired, stressed all of the time, reflect on your relationship and try to figure out where you can work it out. Because I don't want to tell you just to leave. I think people should make the decision that's right for them. Of course, on the outside looking in, you do wish better for the person and do wish that they would just see the signs and would leave. But again, they're going to leave when they choose to leave. That's why I had the episode last week with Amy about boundaries. Because if you're going to choose to stay in an unhealthy relationship, and you want to try to turn it around maybe to get it healthy, you have to have those conversations. You have to speak up for yourself and you have to set boundaries. But if speaking up for yourself causes the other person to abuse you, to hit you, to shut down, not talk to you for days, so then you don't speak up for yourself again, I really would urge you to reconsider the relationship. The abuser has to be willing to do the work on themselves. Another form of abuse is sexual abuse. Now, this is when someone forces you to engage in activities that you're uncomfortable with. If they keep asking to do a certain sexual act and you're like, no, I'm not cool with that. And they keep asking, keep asking, keep asking, or they just go for it. That is totally inappropriate. You're uncomfortable. They're not respecting your boundaries. It is abusive. They want to keep trying when you're obviously tired or not feeling well, or you already said no, that could be abusive. It could be anything that you deem inappropriate that you've already communicated that you're not interested in. They might try to get other people in the bedroom with you and you're totally against it. They might 
try to um, take pictures or video of you and you're saying to them that makes you uncomfortable and you're not okay with that and they do it anyway, that is abusive. Pretty much anything you're saying no to and people are really trying to convince you and the person becomes controlling and do whatever it is anyway against your will is abusive. Another form of abuse is financial abuse. And this is when the abuser provides an allowance and monitors how you spend your money. You know, that's why a lot of people who are married, they have a joint account. You can see how people are spending their money and one person might not agree with how the other person is spending it. That's why I'm all for one joint account and we each have our own separate account. (laughs) Like, you're not going to tell me how I spend $5, sir. It could be that the person prevents you from working. They're like, oh, you know, I got it. I got all the bills and everything. Like, okay, cool. Sounds good for a while. Then once you want to work again, they're like, no, you're not working. Stay home. Then they want to provide for you, which sounds nice. But if they want to provide to the point where they're telling you, no, you can't get your own money and have a little independence from them, that is financially abusive. Also, of course, if they're stealing money from you, they have access to your debit card, their, your PIN number, to your, your checkbook, whatever it is. They're opening credit cards under your name. All of that is financial abuse. But no one is constructive criticism and when it's abusive. Like if someone is saying, hey, I realize you go out to eat every day, spend $20, $30, you might want to consider maybe going out once or twice a week and saving some money. Okay, that's good feedback. That's not them telling you what to do. It's them making suggestions, them helping you budget your money and, you know, want to see better for you, want you to save. So they're giving some critique. But when they're just telling you how to spend your money, how not to spend your money, don't spend your money at all, mm, look further into that. See, when it's not physical, it's kind of hard to be like, is this, is this abusive? You know, but if it's not making you feel good and you're feeling really uncomfortable in it, then you have to really take a look at it. And I feel so sorry because I know there are so many people in this type of situation not knowing that it's unhealthy. There have been plenty of stories where people get out of marriages and they're like, oh my gosh, I've dealt with that for 20 years. And they just did not know that something was abusive. A lot of times you think you're being a good wife because you know when to be quiet. Because you're not speaking your mind, because you want to keep the peace, because you think this is how a marriage is supposed to go. You might not have had the best examples of a relationship or a marriage, so you don't know what to do. You probably didn't read the books and do your homework and do your research and and figure out who it is that you want to be in your marriage. I urge you girls to have these conversations before you get married. Have those uncomfortable conversations. Hey. How are we going to take care of the bills? How are we going to take care of our finances in marriage? How are we going to take care of the kids? How are we going to discipline the kids? How are we going to deal with each other when if we have a tough, stressful day? Right? Because ain't nobody about to call me on my name because they stressed out. <laughs> you know? And be real and be honest. Of course, I doubt people say, oh, I'm going to call you out your name. No, but but you need to at least hear that they're aware and willing to be like, you know, if I'm stressed, I'm just going to. Take some time to myself, give you some space because I don't want to affect your mood and energy because of the way I feel. I bet I could deal with that. 
it might be different for other people. Like, oh, when I'm stressed, I want to be up under you and I want, you know, some hugs and some cuddles, like whatever works for your marriage. But talk about that before getting married. Side note, I've never been married. So these are things that I've read or things that I believe could work out for a couple. There's so many benefits in just having conversation. They say communication is key and literally like communicate, over communicate about everything to make sure you're really on the same page because you don't want to be in a marriage for 20, 30 years saying, oh my, and getting out and saying, oh my gosh, realizing after the fact, this was emotionally abusive the whole damn time. So get that knowledge, read the books. There's so many YouTube videos on abusive relationships and narcissism and sit with yourself, sit silent and process your own thoughts and behaviors and think, hmm, am I triggered right now? Is what this person doing or saying to me making me feel uncomfortable? Do I still recognize myself in a mirror? I knew I was completely out of it when I would look at myself in the mirror. I lost a lot of weight. I would look at myself in the mirror. And you know, I love my affirmations and I'm trying to say, I am happy. And I would cry because I knew deep down I was so unhappy. I didn't look good. My skin looked dry. I just wasn't feeling good. My voice wasn't, had like no energy. I don't even like energy drinks or coffee, but I needed a Red Bull or coffee just to stay awake for the day because I felt so exhausted and drained. And now I'm totally aware. Like looking back, I had a lot of anxiety in my body when the person was around. As soon as they would leave, I'd feel like, if you resonate with that, girl, if you, what I just said, you were like, oh my gosh, that's me too. Think about your relationship. Think about how you can make it better or how you can just be like, this is not for me. If you feel more relieved to not be around the person that you're with, like you should want to, of course, it's it's totally common to want to have your space, but you should want to be around your partner. It should be someone that you feel safe around, that you feel comfortable around, that you feel calm and at ease with. But if you talk to your partner and you're like, oh my gosh, I wonder what he's going to be mad about today. I wonder what we're going to argue about today. Or you have that one day in a week where you're like, oh, we didn't argue today. We're doing good. Mm. And so a lot of times you don't know what you're in until you're out of it, too. Like when you're in it, it seems good. You know, we have good moments. And when you're out of it, you're like, whoa, what a ride, <laughs> right? But you shouldn't fear your partner and be scared of your partner I knew it was an issue one time too when I felt like it's safer to be in the relationship than not. Because when not in a relationship or trying to leave is when things would go crazy. Is when I was being stalked and my family and friends were being contacted from, by the person and when I felt completely unsafe and my anxiety would go crazy. So I was like, oh my gosh, let me just be back in this relationship to calm that person down. People pleasing, not honoring my true self. I'm so glad I grew up from that. My goodness gracious. I'm glad I grew up from it. And I'm glad that I 
have done a lot of work to now help other women. And that's what Go Girl is about. I'm about to get emotional. (laughs) I'm hoping that my healing would help other women heal. I'm hoping that the stories I share about myself will let other women know that they're not alone. The fact that people come to me, strangers message me on social media to share their story and I give advice and and they accept my advice and, and take it, it means a lot to me. That's why I even wrote my Go Girl Guidebook. If you don't know, I did write a book, Go Girl Guidebook, a woman's interactive guide to self-love. I have a guide to dating, a guide to self-love. Actually, in one chapter, the guide to healing after a heartbreak, I have a prompt in there that says, take a moment to say, I forgive myself. A lot of times, the last person you forgive is yourself. You're mad at yourself for staying so long in it or for not recognizing all of the red flags that were right in front of you. And that's okay because you didn't know better. But now you do, so you'll do better, right? You didn't know what red flags were. You probably weren't as experienced in relationships. So you accepted things not knowing that this is not right. And this is toxic and unhealthy. You were probably naive and it's okay, but you got out of it. And hopefully you learned some lessons in knowing how you should be treated and how you should not be treated. You should feel good in your relationships. Not saying that it doesn't get difficult, but there's like a meme that I saw. I'm pretty sure the person who's making you cry every day is not your soulmate. Okay. Like if you're crying so much and stress so much, girls, You have your whole life to live. Do you really want to live that way forever? So also with the prompt, I forgive myself. I have space where you can write a letter forgiving yourself. Just start, I forgive myself because. I forgive myself for not noticing the red flags. I forgive myself for taking him back after he called me out of my name multiple times. Forgive yourself because that's where true healing begins. I wrote a lot in my journal during that time. I wrote down every red flag that I missed. I wrote down things that make you go, hmm. (laughs) So things that pretty much made me uncomfortable during a relationship. I wrote down my values so that I know what to look for moving forward. I wrote a letter to myself talking about my transition from an unhealthy relationship to being free and out of it and into my happiness. I wrote a letter to the ex and having that compassion, like, hey, like hurt people hurt people. And I know he was hurt from so many things in his life. And if you don't heal that, you'll just hurt everyone else that comes into your life. So I did a lot of journaling and a lot of reflecting after the relationship. One book that I read that I would definitely recommend is called Psychopath Free. It literally mentioned damn near everything you would go through in a relationship with an abuser, a psychopath, and how to heal from it. So this is something I wrote a month before we officially broke up. And you can hear more of my story from an episode on October 30th, 2019. It's called The Day I Called the Police, I Knew It Was Over, My Story of Domestic Violence. So I was very detailed about what happened towards the end of the relationship and how I escaped. But apparently a month before that, I wrote this. 
What happened to me? I've lost a piece of myself. I remember watching Sex in the City and one character said she was a smart girl until she fell in love. That line always scared me and now I see why. I was so smart, but now I don't know what happened to me. I've tolerated so much disrespect when the real me would never allow a man to talk to me the way you have or some of the things you've done. Because of love, I've forgiven so much. Because of love, I try to work things out. Because of love, I've wondered what happened to me. Lately, I've been crying so much. I've been so tired and exhausted. I get mad at myself for allowing certain things to happen. Why can't I just let go? Because love. So that was a part of that journal entry. And now looking back, (laughs) I don't think that was love. You know, sometimes you just get caught up and maybe I thought I was in love during that time. Like, you know, of course I had love for the person. I have love for, you know, a lot of people, but, and I care about people deeply, but the way I was treated and the way I was treating myself as far as pretty much not respecting myself, if I'm allowing someone else to disrespect me the way he was, that's not that real true love. You probably think you love that person or feel love for that person, but Like, I'm not being myself. I'm tolerating so much crap. This does not feel good. This is not real love. So I wanted to share that just so you can get a sense of what you can write in your journal. You know, like what thoughts you should get out or or write out your confusion. Write out things that are happening. I'm saying, I don't know why I'm tolerating so much. Yeah, girl, why are you tolerating so much? You know, and when I look back and read it, it's like, girl, girl, but girl, got out of it. I'm so much stronger and better now. I'm happy and smiling so much now. Like, it's amazing. I feel great. I feel lighter and I feel good. So I really wanted to have this conversation because, One in three women have experienced intimate partner violence. Yes, it could be your mother, your sister, your cousin, your auntie. It could be one of your best friends. It could be you, if you're not aware of the signs, that have experienced domestic violence in your relationship. So I wanted to talk about other forms of abuse in this episode because it is not always physical. And I want you to be happy. I want you to be safe. I want you to love yourself while in a relationship. I want you to set those boundaries. I want you to speak up. I want you to be yourself. I want you to glow in your relationship. Not when you break up and you go through this healing experience and you know you get so much wisdom and now you're glowing. No, glow in your relationship. I want you to have that healthy love where you can be free, where you can be yourself, where you can just communicate with your person and they not overreact or go into a rage. It's possible. Dig a little deeper and figure out why you accept and tolerate those behaviors. It's definitely, I'm sure, a lot of times from your childhood. Or it could just be a lack of not knowing. You know, it's your first relationship. You don't know any better. And that's all right. But get that knowledge, do your own research, stop and think and reflect on your relationship because you're all deserving of real love. If you or anyone you know is in an abusive 
relationship, I do want to share the National Domestic Violence Hotline phone number. It is 1-800-799-SAFE. That's 1-800-799-7233. I hope you get all of the help that you need, that you get all of the healing that you need, that you share this episode with another person who might need to hear it, that you learn something about yourself or your relationships from listening to this episode, that you really take that time to journal out and write what it is that you want and need in your relationship and do not settle until you get that, okay? I love you girls. You deserve love, peace, and happiness. Next week, I'm talking to a dating coach all about red flags, green flags, because we rarely talk about what's good and healthy and those signs to look out for, right? Also talking about, is it butterflies or anxiety? And some toxic dating tips. So be on the lookout for that episode dropping next Wednesday. And let me know how you felt about today's episode. My DMs, again, are open at Go Girl Movement on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Please give the episode five stars and a nice review. And let me know what part resonated with you. All right. I hope you have a great week. And until next time, go girl. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Go Girl podcast. Please subscribe, rate, and leave a review. And be sure to share this episode with your girlfriends. Connect with me on social media at Go Girl Movement or subscribe to the blog at www.gogirlmovement.org. By the way, have you purchased your copy of the Go Girl Guidebook, a woman's interactive guide to self-love? Ten chapters full of ways to love yourself better. It's available right now on Amazon. Thank you for your support. I love you and I'll talk to you next time. Go girl.